there's actually plenty of research as well that says your former self is not the same person you are today. Like I'm not the same guy that was writing all those articles like two or three years ago. And actually, if I were to keep doing that, that might stunt my, my future growth. Like what got you here won't get you there. So rather than being defined either by success or failure, you actually have to just reattach to a future self. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. On the previous episode, you heard from Dr. Benjamin Hardy, who talked all about the power of blogging on channels where there is already traffic to grow a list and your business. Make sure to check it out. But before you go, stick around. I've got Ben on for his deep dive episode where he goes into the details on how to create your life on purpose and not be constrained by past experiences or beliefs. It is so good. Seriously, can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I'm here with the incredible, talented, great friend of mine, Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Ben, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. I'm happy to be with you, Lissy. Oh, this is, I guys, I cannot tell you how excited I am for this, for this interview. So I want to take a second to introduce this incredible author and entrepreneur, and then I'm going to let him just take us away with his story so that I don't like just spoil all the surprises for you guys. So Dr. Benjamin Hardy is an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of Willpower Doesn't Work. His blogs have been read over 100 by over 100 million people and are featured on Forbes, Fortune, CNBC, Cheddar, Big Think, and many others. He is a regular contributor to Inc. and Psychology Today. And from 2015 to 2018, he was the number one writer in the world, guys, on medium.com. He and his wife, Lauren, adopted three children through the foster care system in February 2018. And then one month later, Lauren became pregnant with twins who were born in December, 2018. They live in Orlando and guys, they're there. They, this guy's just like, he's full of stories. He's full of brilliance. <laughs> I have to give my personal introduction. Ben and I became friends when we were both students in college and before both of us even discovered this entrepreneurial world and, but just were full of passion for doing something great in the world. And I remember we used to when we lived in the same town, we would get together for dinners and we would just talk about God and about life and about our purpose. And um, Ben, Ben is truly, he, he is one of the biggest people who has challenged my thinking the most in my life and has really been a mentor to me in this process. And so it is just, it's a pleasure to have a friend and an honor to have a mentor here on the show today. And so Ben, just thank you so much for coming. Well, 
you know that you're essentially a mentor to me as well. So it's good. It's good to, that we're both that for each other. And Lissy, actually Lissy was my boss for a while and you taught me a ton. And so it's fun to be here and it's interesting to see where things go, right? Isn't that the truth? Well, we are just so excited to have you. So for people that aren't as familiar with your journey, I mean, I have to be honest, like while your bio that you sent me, like has some really amazing things in there, like it was pretty modest. So I would love for you to like, how did you become this author that was, that, that's been read by hundreds of millions of people and you're producing books. I mean, guys, like he, he creates books like people would hope to like, I don't know, like accomplish one thing great in their life. Like he does it like on an annual basis. It's incredible. So Ben, wow, I'm going to stop talking. I just think you're great. Uh, take it away. How, how did you get to, to where you're at? Yeah, I guess like from the origin story perspective, a couple, couple crucial things that I guess happened along my journey. Usually the biggest pivot point for me was when my parents got divorced at age 11. Uh, I grew up in Utah, very religious family. Very interesting what happened though, like the divorce totally, like both my parents became different people, essentially. Father became an extreme drug addict. You know, mom was not interested at all in religion. She was very much trying to run a health club with her sister. And so she was very busy. We were going apartment to apartment, but basically at age 11, my whole life like flipped upside down. And from age 11 to 20, I was just kind of in a chaos state. No clue how I had ended up graduating from high school. Father went deeper and deeper into his drug addictions. I'm the oldest of three boys. And basically I got to the point. So I, I don't know how I graduated from high school. I did do that. I kind of suppressed a lot of what was going on with me, very much like snowboarding, skateboarding, playing video games, did a ton of snowboarding, obviously living in Utah. And I, actually you and I went together once. Now that I'm thinking about now that I'm thinking about that. Um, yeah, I remember actually the moleskin experience because I hadn't snowboarded for a few years. And so like, I was not prepared for that. But anyways, Basically, about a year after high school, and I had attempted community college, but just had zero capability of doing it. I remember trying to read a textbook. I just couldn't do it. I just didn't have any purpose for learning, and I had no skill to learn. And so I just, I just dropped out after like a week of trying one or two classes at community college. And so I was basically just living at my cousin's house, playing video games all day, World of Warcraft specifically, and just no purpose, no meaning in my life. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dr. Viktor Frankl and his book, Man's Search for Meaning. And he obviously talks a lot about the Holocaust and how if you don't have a vision for your future, the present becomes meaningless and, and the suffering of the present becomes unbearable. And that's, that's kind of where I was. Like, I just didn't really have any purpose in my life. And so what I ended up doing, because I was not happy with the path my life was going on, like that's the path that life had kind of shoved me down and I was just not enjoying it. I ended up actually getting really into running that year when I was 19 years old, ended up actually running a marathon and that actually helped me to think things through. But I ultimately decided to reconnect with my faith. I ended up serving a church mission for two years and that kind of became my path to starting life over. Like from a motivation perspective, in order to have motivation and even to have hope, you have to have a goal and a path to achieving that goal. And so I started to say like, I want a better life for myself. The mission became like my method, you know, to like starting that thing over. So that was my motivation. So yeah, I served the two-year church mission, blew my mind, changed my life, stacks of journals, read tons of books, just restarted, came home, decided I was going to study psychology and become a writer. And so when I met Lissy, I was kind of on that path. To, I, I, I was reading and writing and like on that path to going, but I didn't start until about five years after I got home. And so then I just studied psychology and, you know, ended up starting to write and bang, you know, just learned how to, learned how to do it in an effective way. 
Yeah. One of the things that I love so much about you, Ben, is that like when you put your mind to something like it's, it's as good as done. It's just a question of time, not a question of like, if it's going to happen. And even in that, like you shared about how, like you got into running, you decide to run a marathon. I mean, there's like so many people that get into running and they don't decide to run a marathon, but you just do, or that you knew you wanted to be an author and you found a path to, to make it there. And I know that that, um, that path was not without its challenges, but what, what is it in you that, um, and I know this, this probably speaks uh, more into your willpower doesn't work book, but like, what, what is it that is in you to just like decide to do something? I mean, it's like, that's a very like Napoleon Hill characteristic to like decide and then just make it happen. Yeah, it actually, it's kind of both personalities and permanent and willpower doesn't work. Um, personality is impermanent. Like one of the big concepts in that book is obviously you have to clarify your future self. A lot of cool research and psychology on that subject nowadays. But like when I was like, essentially you have to get better and better at seeing yourself in the future. And then ultimately you go through what's called deliberate practice to get there. You can't actually go through the deliberate practice process, which, you know, Gladwell talked about it as 10,000 hour rule. Um, it's actually not a rule. Like you can do something for 10,000 hours and continue to be terrible at it. Um, and it doesn't always have to take 10,000 hours if you're learning in a flow state or in the right environments. And so like, for me, you have to really clarify the future self. So for me, I'm, I'm like, ever since my mission, I have been in my journal every single day, obviously meditation and prayer. I'm always very much clarifying who I want to be and striving to like make rapid progress on a daily basis and not being defined by, by my past. I think a big benefit that I got with having such a crazy past. And I know that we all have different experiences is that I learned through my mission experience to let go of big things, like letting go of all the trauma from my former experience. And so I'm definitely not defined by my past. Uh, and actually, obviously a big part of personality and permanent is reframing the meanings of the past. And so like, it's actually something I view as a huge benefit. Anything I went through in the past is all beneficial. It all happened for me, not to me. So like, I wouldn't be able to do what I've done if I hadn't been through a lot of the crazy things I've been through. Um, and so you know, for me, it's, for me, it's, it's the process of clarifying the goal and then the daily process of, you know, prayer, meditation, journaling, and then actually taking active steps to figure out the process to getting there. And, you know, I'm big on just learning how to get committed to things. Like if I'm going to do something, I, I'm either hundred percent committed or I'm hundred percent out. And so like, I'm big on like, you have to decide, is this the thing you're going to commit to? And if so, you have to detach from who you used to be. And you also have to detach from the other ideas that may be interesting, but are not as important. So it's, it is about making decisions. Um, and then ultimately going big on those decisions. Mm, I love that. There's so much that, that I want to dive into with this. So guys, Ben has uh, alluded to the fact that he is, is launching a book here um, just within the next, in the next couple of weeks. Um, on the, on personality. And so I want to, I want to dive into that because there, there were two things that you said in particular in terms of uh, gaining clarity on your future self and also detaching from your past self. I would love to, to talk about those, those two things for, for just a moment, if that's all right, because I think that, um, you know, as, as I work with um, even people in my Facebook advertising agency, one of the biggest issues that people run into with ads is like they don't have clarity on exactly what they're trying to accomplish with who they're trying to accomplish it with. So, I mean, like if that lack of clarity, it shows up in your own personal life and your ability to accomplish things, it shows up in how you serve your customers and all that. Like, uh, I would love for you to speak into that first of just like, like, what does it mean to get clarity? And do you have some, some pointers or some 
questions that we can think about in order to help get that clarity on on who who we really are or defining who we want to be i don't you can you can kind of go mm -hmm. in however, however that works based on your framework yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my framework is kind of sloppy, you know, like I actually in the book, there's about 150 journal prompts. I'm big on like just straight up pen and paper. Um, it's good to define future experiences you want to have. Like it. so real quick, as just a quick like nuts and bolts, like identity and personality are two different things. Identity, 10 times more important. Personality is actually a byproduct of identity. Um, so your personality is the side effect. Um, and it's the thing you don't necessarily need to focus on, but it comes from your identity and your identity is the narrative that you have about yourself which drives your behavior which over time becomes your personality and usually people are defined by former experiences or they're very definitive in how they explain their current self um and so like for me future self is a lot more interesting and a lot more important there's actually a really good book called it's not how good you are it's how good you want to be um and i think like there's a lot of research obviously carol dweck's and stuff like that about you know, having a growth mindset viewing. And also there's a lot of research now in psychology that talks about how your future self should be viewed as a different person than you are today. Your future self's going to have different capabilities, different knowledge. Like actually what's funny is, is like I recently reread willpower doesn't work, which I wrote three years ago. And there's a lot of the thing I, I like the current version of Benjamin Hardy wouldn't have written that book. Um, I'm not mad at that book and I'm actually really glad it's there. Um, and I actually know that future version of Benjamin Hardy is not going to agree with everything in the book I just wrote. Like, and so from that perspective, you don't have to hold your current identity so tightly. You don't have to overly define your weaknesses, for example. Usually when people overly define themselves, they seek to justify why they can't do something um, and defend their identity. Whereas if you hold that a little bit more loosely and not overly define your current self, but you define your future self, then you can then be willing to do whatever the, you know, whatever your future self requires you to do. In this case, if it's ads, I mean, I remember when I started, when I decided I wanted to be a writer, um, and it is a decision, by the way, a lot of people are trying to discover who they are. It is a decision. You decide who your future self is. You don't discover that. You decide who you need, who you want to be, um, who you believe you should be, or who you want to be. It's a choice you make, and you get to define that out, and you get to decide how creative you are in that process. And they say that the number one deathbed regret is obviously that people didn't have the courage to be who they wanted to be, and said they lived up to the expectations of those around them and humans have a need for being consistent. So usually people will be consistent with who they've been, even if they don't like who they are or what their situation is because we just have a desire to be consistent. And obviously if you desire a future self, you've got to be consistent with your future, which makes you inconsistent with the past. And so it takes a lot of courage to do this, all sorts of things. Uh, I like the quote, all progress starts by telling the truth. You have to actually just take the time to say what you want, you know? And the more time you give it, like in the compound effect, Darren Hardy talks about obviously how he spent 40 pages defining out his future wife. Like I've never spent 40 pages defining my future. <laughs> like, but like I'm bullet points, you know, I'm simple. I write about things and just like say like, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to be doing. This is who I want to meet. This is what I want to be learning. Like just actually writing about where you wanting to go. That gives you clarity so that then you, and clarity is essential to motivation and hope. And so just taking the time to define out where you want to be in three to three to five years. I actually do about two to three years. Um, but then that has to dictate your narrative, your new story, rather than claiming you are the way you are because of the past, you actually have to start telling people about your goals, which again, puts you up into potential scrutiny. You know, you've, if you start telling people about your goals, maybe you'll be more accountable to doing that. And actually from my perspective, that's, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to put yourself in a position where you're accountable to your future self rather than to your current self. So those are some things, but it's not like I have a big process. It's actually a daily process. I view it as drafting a book. Tomorrow, you know, it, the draft will be a little different than the draft was yesterday, but it's a continuous process. 
I love that. So how, how do you detach from your, your past self? Because I think one of the reasons why we hold on to it so dearly is because it is what's certain because it is what happened. Right. And uncertainty is, is scary. Right. So how do you, how do you detach from in a certain mediocre past for an uncertain, potentially great, but unknown future? Well, I mean, sometimes you have to actually uh, detach from a very great past. Um, I actually tell the story in the book about Buzz Aldrin, who went to the moon. He went to the moon with Neil Armstrong. And after going to the moon, he went into like, as soon as he came home, have you heard this story? No, keep going. Yeah. So Buzz Aldrin was with Neil Armstrong when they went to the moon. He was number two man on the moon. (laughs) Um, They came home from Mars or not from Mars, from the moon. And there's like a three week quarantine back then where they had to like hopefully not have any weird space illnesses or whatnot. During that three-week quarantine, he went through an extreme bender. And then over the next like 15, 20 years, he plummeted. He lost his career, lost his job, lost his marriage, got kicked out of the, like, the government position he was in. At his lowest, he was selling, trying to sell used Cadillacs in California and doing so unsuccessfully like, as, a, like, as a total bum. And like, he explains why this all happened. The reason why is because his past was too big for his future. Like he couldn't see anything that he could do above and beyond going to the moon. And he got sick of being the guy who kept talking about his past for so long. He was defined by his future. And then all of a sudden his future got. And so there's actually, um, so like there's a quote from Condoleezza Rice, which I tell in the book, which is that, do you know who Condoleezza Rice is by the way? Yeah. I figured you'd, 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 you'd dig that. Yeah. Um, but she's, she says that uh, I firmly believe you should never be the former anything. You know, and so basically the idea is, is you shouldn't be the former anything. You shouldn't be the former astronaut or you shouldn't be the former drug addict. Whatever your past was, I don't need to be defined by the fact that I was the number one writer on Medium. Like if you attach to a former status or identity or persona, then that will obviously stop you from creating a future self that's different. And so, um, you know, you just have to like not be so attached to the status or the idea. Like there's actually plenty of research as well that says your former self is not the same person you are today. Like, um, like I'm not the same guy that was writing all those articles like two or three years ago. And actually if I were to keep doing that, uh, that might stunt my future, my future growth. Like what got you here won't get you there. So rather than being defined either by success or failure, you actually have to just shoot. You know, you have to actually reattach to a future self. You always mm-hmm. need a sense of future that's in the, in the future. And, all, and also a big part of it's, you know, re- realizing you're not the same person you were before. <laughs> like, you know, I, if you actually were the same person you were before, that might actually reflect a lack of growth and progress. Um, and so given my situation, I have different goals and priorities and perspectives than the person I was a few years ago. I can set different goals. I can set different boundaries, different priorities. I'm not going to say yes to things I used to say yes to. I'm not interested in things I used to be interested into even a few years ago. And so I think it's just, it's just owning the fact that you're not the same person you were a few years ago, and you should probably have different goals than you had a few years ago, hopefully mm-hmm. better established goals, and hopefully your future self can establish better goals than you can today. This is so fascinating. So one of the things that I hear a lot in the entrepreneur community, and I think it's, it's because being, especially an online entrepreneur is very untraditional. Um, people feel, I hear this a lot and maybe you do as well, but like they feel this intense sense of imposter syndrome, whether it's like they're trying to be an influencer or they are trying to do something that no one in their family has ever done before. So like, 
how does imposter syndrome fit in with this? Where like you're you're saying things like like decide and and be new a new person and new goals, but like how do you do that without feeling like an imposter? Um, I don't think like just as an example, I, I think I think in the beginning when you're trying new things and you're getting used to being out of your comfort zone and you're being used to kind of being an outlier, you'll feel like an imposter um, because you're feeling like you have to like succeed or what. I mean, I felt like that in so many dimensions. Um, I feel like that a lot less now, even though like my goals are a lot bigger. Um, I think that, I think that humility really helps. Like first, first things first, like I think like when I'm saying your future self is someone different than who you are today, I'm not saying you should fake it till you make it, even though I'm fine with that concept. I'm not someone who's against that concept, but I'm saying you're recognizing that your future self is in a totally different place than you are today, but that's who you're striving to be. And that's your new benchmark. Um, and so you're not pretending to be your future self, although you're acting towards your future self, you're practicing towards your future self, you're learning, but you're also completely honest and open and transparent by the fact that like you're, you have struggles, you have weaknesses. It's actually about being vulnerable and honest. Um, and obviously having key people around you who can help and support you. But usually I think imposter syndrome comes from not having key people in your life who you can actually talk to. Like you're actually holding it in more and you're feeling like an imposter rather than journaling about it, rather than getting, at, getting it out and having the right people encourage you to help you realize everything you're feeling is totally normal. It, that, that's what it feels like to go outside your comfort zone. You can reframe the meaning of it so that you don't have to feel like you're a weirdo or you're a loser. Like Carol Dweck actually talks about and everything really is about the meaning. It's the meaning and the frame you give it. Um, like Dweck talks about how like when you step outside or when you're facing difficulty, people with a fixed mindset, the meaning they give to difficulty is I'm not smart. <laughs> like, boom. The meaning that people with a growth mindset have when they're facing difficulty is I'm getting smarter. Like it's just a choice of meaning. And so I think over time it's, it's more healthy to just realize you're not an imposter. Um, that's the meaning you're giving. That's a story. Um, it, but that's, that's, that's the story that you're giving based on the emotions you're feeling. Mm. And those, those emotions are totally normal. <laughs> those, that's, that's called stepping out of your comfort zone. And, and as I see it, personality and comfort zone are the exact same thing. You know, to stay in your comfort zone is to do exactly what you typically do. It's to do what you're consistent at doing. To step out of that, you're being someone new. You're dealing with uncertainty. You're facing, your, you're facing courage. And so kind of like Dweck, you could say rather than I'm an imposter and I'm a loser, when you're feeling all those feelings, it's holy cow, I'm living my dreams. Like, holy cow, like you get to choose the meaning of it. You know, I'm getting smarter. I'm stupid. Like, and so I, I just, at this point, I've, I choose to not believe I'm an imposter. Um, I felt that for a long time. And now, even though the goals that I have pale my current self, and I admit that the current version of me does not have the confidence, the capabilities, the networks or anything that I want to be and achieve, I'm humble enough. To, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm super humble, but I'm learning to be humble enough to say, my current self doesn't matter that much. My current emotions don't matter that much. They call that psychological flexibility in psychology. It's, it's not attaching so much to how you feel in the moment and not being so definitive in how you define yourself. Dweck actually talks about how yet is a better way of saying it, not yet. I'm not there yet. It takes you away from the tyranny of now. And so I just like flexibility and just obviously I'll give you a few mantras to help expect everything attached to nothing. You know, you obviously want to expect success attached to nothing along the way, especially your feelings, but express your feelings to the right people so that you can manage them. If you don't express them, you're screwed. Um, 
And then just, I don't know the other one, but that's, that's some thoughts for now. No, I love it so much. Well, and something you keep bringing up and it's something that I've worked on a lot this year is, is the reframing concept. You've, you've brought that up like four or five times. It's huge. It's everything yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's the key to, emo, uh, to emotional regulation. Yeah. And I think like for me, the biggest insight that I've had with that is that like your stories, your frame is your reality. And so if you change your stories, you change your frame, like you, you literally change your reality. Uh, so I love, I love that you're, that you're speaking into that. So, so tell us about this book, this, how, how did you, how were you inspired that like, this was the next book? Well, how'd that come about? Yeah. Um, so willpower doesn't work a big part of it was addiction. Like, you know, I came from a big background of addiction. My brother, someone who still deals with addiction hardcore. And so I just felt like I wanted to write a book that explained why willpower is the absolute most terrible way you could make change in your life. Like that's not how you overcome an addiction. <laughs> um, you need help. You need a supportive community. You need to actually admit that you need help. You need, you know, they say that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's connection. You actually need to say, I can't do this alone. Maybe I've been trying and it didn't work. Um, and obviously there's a lot of applications to entrepreneurship and getting yourself into the right environments in that book. But because I was interested in addiction, um, Joe Polish, who's a friend and, you know, a friend of mine told me to read the book. Um, the body keeps the score. The body keeps the score is like the definitive book on trauma, you know, and obviously there's a lot of research about how unresolved trauma leads to addiction. Uh, addiction is an unhealthy coping mechanism for unresolved issues from the past. And so I was reading that book in 2018 and the thing that kept sticking out to me, which shocked me was how much he was talking about personality and about how much unresolved trauma freezes your personality and keeps you stuck in the past. Um, it stunts your, it, it shrinks your comfort zone. It shatters your hope and imagination for the future. It leads you to being emotionally rigid. So you're not going to step outside your comfort zone and learn. And so I just thought, holy cow, like that kind of, because I'd already spent so much time studying psychology that answered a lot of questions for me. And obviously trauma is not the be all end all. Like this book goes in a way different directions, but one of the core ideas in psychology is, is that the best way to predict a person's future is by looking at their past. And that kind of lends to the idea that your personality is consistent over time. But I wanted to understand why that was. And trauma is one of those reasons. It's not because your personality is innate, but it's because there's other things going on. One of them being your identity narrative, one of them being unresolved trauma, one being your environment. So I just wanted to actually write the book to say, look, if your past is the thing predicting your future, that's not because this is who you are. It's because there's other things going on and you can resolve all those things and you can get to the point where your future is the thing predicting your behavior, not your past. And so I just felt like after what I had learned and read that there needed to be a re-explanation of what personality is to explain where, what's creating your personality so that you can ultimately be the one to dictate it. I love that so much. So what, what do you feel is like for someone to pick up personalities and permanent and read it, like what are some outcomes that people can expect? Basically there's about 150 journal prompts throughout this book. Um, this book, I think will leave you with practically zero excuses. Like, I think I, I think that's pretty much the goal of this book was that I covered every possible base. Um, but basically what this book will help you do is it'll help you have control over your past and future. Um, cause your past is a fiction, you know, as weird as that sounds, your past is a narrative. It's a story. It's a perspective. And with a different perspective, you'd tell a different story. You'd have different meanings and different views and different emotions towards your past. And so this this book actually will teach you how to reframe any negative experiences, how to actually handle 
and emotionally regulate yourself through any challenging experiences you'll have in the future. Because if you're going to pursue a future self and a big, big goals, you're obviously going to go through a lot of ups and downs in that learning process. You need to learn how to handle that. And it'll help you ultimately clarify and define your future self, you know, and help you actually go through the, through the process of getting there from upgrading your subconscious, designing your environment, shifting your story. Like it's, it's just a book that'll help you let go of the past, but also choose how you frame it and ultimately clarify and, and execute on becoming who you want to be. And then doing that over and over again. Mm, I love that. So are there, are there certain like characteristics or attributes where, where you're like, okay, if you're experiencing this, then like, this is going to be an incredible resource for you? Uh, I think, I mean, obviously for people who have had crazy, you know, challenges in the past, you know, like, you know, people who are defined by their past, like this book will help you to re-examine that. But I think just for anyone who's interested in self-help, anyone who's interested in goals, et cetera, like this book is going to probably be rocket fuel for that. I love that. You know, business, whatever it is, like if you have big goals, like if you want to do something, start a business or if you want to, you know, a lot of the stuff that you talk about, I think that this book really provides a framework for starting with your future identity and then setting goals and reverse engineering a process and ultimately designing your life so that you can actually become the person you want to be. I love that. We're so excited to, to dive into that book. And I know um, I had a conversation with Ben just a few days ago. He's actually, with the promotion of this book, he is giving some incredible resources uh, to those that, that purchased the book to help them in their entrepreneurial journey. So do you want to talk a little bit about those bonuses that people can get access to when they, when they purchase the book? Sure. And happy, you know, whenever it makes sense in the conversation to talk about my marketing strategies, whatever, wherever this conversation goes, but I know that that's uh, something worth talking about if you wanted to. But yeah, with this book, um, you know, so I'm giving away, I think, three free online courses for anyone who buys this book, whether pre-order or post-order. Like there's a full deep dive course on the book, Personality is Impermanent. Totally there. It'll help you walk you through the courses or through the content. There's a journaling course, which actually over 10,000 people have purchased at this point, which just walks you through insane journaling strategies for upgrading your subconscious, just getting clear on your goals. Like that journaling course, so simple, so cool. People love it. And then ultimately, actually two years ago, I was at Genius Network and I did a full day training. People paid three grand to be there. And that breaks down all my blogging strategies of basically how I've gotten over hundred million views. I actually give away the book proposal for this book. What part doesn't work? Um, I got help with Ryan, from Ryan Holiday on this book proposal and it was a, you know, multi six figure book deal. I give you the book proposal, train you on how to do that. If you're wanting to be an author, all that stuff's free. If you just get the book and the book That's itself, awesome. I think is obviously worth, worth its weight in gold. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I can't, I can't wait to read it. I am seriously so stoked. I'm excited for you to read it. Let's see. I'm excited for us to chat about this because you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're in the deeps. <laughs> you're in the deeps. I love it. Okay guys. So we're going to put the the link to personality isn't permanent in, in the notes. So we'll be also doing a lot of social pushing for that, but it is definitely something that you, you want to pick up this. I mean, just imagine like getting Ben Hardy for like, however long it takes you to read the book, like 20 hours or like, however, however long I'm a slow reader. Like so yeah. <laughs> for me. Well, I'm like a note taker when I read books. So yeah. I'm like this a, book lends to that a lot. There's so many questions. Yeah, I love it. So I'm super excited. So guys, make sure to pick that up for sure. So and this actually leads perfectly in into the segue of marketing. So I love it. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. So you you have this desire to become a an author, uh, and you really get your start with publishing articles on Medium. Um, 
but like where, how did you figure out the marketing strategy to like start collecting email addresses? And then what do you do with those things? I, th I think list building is just like, it's a huge asset and huge topic in this, in this community, in this world. So I would love for you to just kind of talk about like what your strategy is, how you came to that. Like, how are people making it more complicated than it needs to be? Or like, what, what, how do you, how do you figure this out? Cause I mean, guys, yeah. this guy has a list that's, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people that, that have, uh, that, that get to enjoy Ben's content on a regular basis. It's, it's incredible. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. Again, all of the content I just shared relates to this about 2000. So when I was on my mission, I decided I wanted to be a writer, um, got home in 2010 and ultimately started writing in 2015. I actually thought I was going to write religious books, Lizzie. Uh, and actually one day maybe you will, but it took yeah, about will. five years to start along that journey. And then in 2015, I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And I had started in about late 2014 to start studying the process. You know, so I started studying how to become a professional writer. I started actually studying rather than just like reading good books that I enjoyed. I started actually studying how to actually become a writer. And it was in 2015 that I had kind of decided that I was ready to become a professional writer. Uh, I had never written any blog posts, never any, but I was conceptualizing out my future self. So I was thinking like, before I finish my PhD, I want to be writing traditionally published books. I would like to obviously be able to provide for my family. I had three foster kids at the time. So I'm like, I want to be making at least six figures. I want to be writing traditionally published books. And this is just me framing out my future self. You have to start with that future identity. And then ultimately you set goals that allow you to actually make that reality possible. So one of the things that I had to do was ask a ton of people, how do you actually get a traditional book deal? And over and away, I would ask agents, authors, they're like, you need an email list. Like you can't, you can't get a book deal without an audience. Like you could write the best book in the world. And it doesn't, if you have no audience, no one will care about you. And I'm like, okay. So I asked over and over people and like, it came to the, I came to the conclusion that if I wanted a six figure book deal, I needed a hundred thousand email subscribers. This was just me doing all sorts of crazy research and, you know, asking around. And so, you know, come like midway through, you know, like April, May of 2015, I'm having tons of these conversations and I'm like, okay, I have to figure out how to get hundreds of thousands of emails. You know, like that was the conclusion I came to if I want to become my future self, you know, future self goal process. And so I just, I took an online course, actually a course from John Morrow. Uh, that course taught me how to write viral headlines, taught me how to structure my articles, taught me how it was, I think it was called guest blogging. I paid $197 for this course. Blew my mind. I, I only got halfway through it and I had all I needed. I'm like, okay, here's how you write viral headlines. Um, and so I took that online course from John Morrow and I started writing on Medium because I had heard about it from some friend. And I would just, I would just, I just started writing like probably in May or June of, 2015, April, May, or June. And I just started trying to pitch my articles to small different publications. I put them on my own website. And ultimately what happened was, is that one of them went extremely viral, got tens of millions of views. And I had, I was using Infusionsoft at the time. Right. And so like, I had like maybe a hundred thousand email subscribers. Sorry, I had like a hundred. I maybe had like 50 emails. Um, you know, and I'm sitting here like writing 15, 20 articles and this thing goes explosive. And I had a really crappy website at the time. But one thing I obviously learned from all of these people is if you want to get emails, you've got to have something like Infusionsoft or some CRM <laughs> and you have to have a free giveaway. You've got to have somewhere on your website where they can give you their email and you've got to have some giveaway. So I had a crappy website and I had like a free ebook that I had written. And then it was like, 
you know, I didn't really know what to do, but I started writing on different places and just kind of hoping that people would eventually find my website. Well, this article was going crazy viral. And I would look at my Infusionsoft account and I had like 200 emails. And I'm like, this thing's getting millions of views. Like this is an outlier. Like this doesn't happen very much. Why do I only have 200 views or 200 emails? I should have tens of thousands with this many views. And that's when it dawned on me that I needed to like edit the, the article, put a call to action, tell people if you like this article, click this link and go to my website and get my free ebook. And this was on like the huge down slant of the traffic. This was after like a few days. And so like after I just made that one edit, I went in one day, went from zero to like 4,000 emails. But that was on the back end of the traffic. With that much, with 10,000 views, with what I know now, 10, sorry, 10 million views, with 10 million views is probably about 200,000 email subscribers. So I learned that. But then essentially that's what I did. You know, I, I just started having that call to action at the bottom of my article, kept writing on Medium, and started to get a couple thousand views or about a, a thousand emails a month. Then in 2016, I read Russell Brunson's book, Com Secrets, learned about landing pages. And so I, rather than sending people to my website, I started sending people to a landing page and, you know, went from about 1000 emails a month with the same amount of traffic to my blogs to about three or 4,000, you know, emails a month. And then, you know, sometime in 2016, I decided I was going to give away a smaller giveaway, you know, rather than a full ebook, I'd give away a free checklist, very small checklist. Um, it was a morning routine checklist. And just by making that one change, I went from about 4,000 emails a month to 20,000 emails a month with my traffic. And so for about two years, I was getting over 20,000 emails a month with no paid ads, just from blogs. Just, I was getting about a million views a month on Medium. And through those million views, I'd get about 20 to 30,000 new emails, just psh, clockwork wasn't even thinking about it for about two years. I mean, I would get over a thousand emails a day, many days for over two years and uh, had over 700,000 people put their email into that one landing page over the last four or five years. And so that's really how I did it. And um, what's, what's cool is, is that Medium actually rechanged their rules. So in 2018, Medium changed their rules. They're like, you can't put call to actions on your articles anymore. You, ben Hardy, we hate you. Like you can't do this. And so like they changed the rules so you couldn't put call to actions on the end of your articles and they would kill you out of the curation. And so because they removed that option, I stopped writing on Medium because to me it was only as valuable as email addresses. But actually just for anyone listening to this, they've rechanged the rules. So you can actually put a little call to action on your articles again. So actually I've gotten back to Medium in the last month or two and you can get tens of thousands of emails through Medium again. Wow, that is unreal that is unreal so um so and i know that like i know from experience of having clients where they pay for traffic and a lot of times they collect all these emails but like they're dead like it's it's not necessarily active so how did you get these emails to engage with your content and then even become buyers because um, I know you have like your annual course that you release and you obviously are pitching your books and stuff to them. So like, how did you take them from just being an email list that like, you know, is beyond just like the inflation, like number that like, oh, I have this many emails on my list to like actually a list that supports your family. Totally. Totally. Well, one nice thing about writing articles is that like when, if they've never heard of me or if they've heard of me, by the time they get to the bottom of the article, they've essentially gone from cold to hot traffic, right? Because like they love what I'm reading and obviously there's a nice call to action and then they get a free giveaway, right? And they're on my email list. And, uh, you know, I'm big on being consistent. So like I send three emails to my list every week and I'm, and I'm always just 
sending new articles and I'm trying to be simple and not, and I'm not just pitching to my email list. Like for years, I didn't sell anything to my email list, you know, and I would just give, 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 like, and so people liked opening my emails because they would get new articles. And I still do that three times a week. I did it today. I sent an article today. Um, but yeah, obviously I got, you know, so I reached my goal. I, in you know, in 2017, in January, I was able to get my book deal. Um, and so w- with a lot of that money, I ended up joining Genius Network so that I could actually learn how to monetize the rest of my email list. Because I was getting all these emails, 20,000 plus a month. And I was not, and my only goal was to get the book deal. I wasn't really focused on selling online courses. I wasn't focused on like, you know, how do I be this online marketer? I was just like, I wanted, I wanted to achieve my future self. I wanted to be a professional writer. Um, but obviously joining Genius Network, they're all freaking like, how are you doing this? How are you getting 20,000 emails a month? You know, like, and so I, I, I became collaborators with a guy named Drake Redfern, who's a really cool guy. And he's brilliant with funnels and with webinars and stuff like that. And so we decided to start launching courses to my list, doing webinars, you know, and really high value, um, amazing trainings, you know, where it's just like teaching all these amazing things. And then the last 10, 15 minutes, just freaking pitching on this amazing transformational journey. And so, yeah, I mean, I've launched now at this point, so many different webinars and stuff to my list, but you know, I try not to do it all the dang time, you know? So like, it's just like regularly I'll, I'll give something free and I'll get, you know, a couple thousand people or, you know, five to 10,000 people to watch it. Now I'm getting a little bit more sophisticated with ads. And so with our last launch, we did some ads and not just my email list and just, I don't know, it's just the learning journey. I'm big on not doing it all myself though. Like I'm really glad that Dre does the funnel, that Dre does the webinar. He and I just get together for a few days and we'll just strategize what's the webinar. He'll, I'll record it with him and he'll coach me through it. And uh, we make sure that it's really good. And so, yeah. I love it. What, one of the things that I love so much about, about this story is like a lot of people want to build a list for the intent to monetize it. And you're like, no, I just wanted the book deal, man. And like, so for you, I just wanted to be an author. (laughs) It's just, it's, it's amazing. So it's almost like, it almost sounds like you were like building this incredible asset without even like realizing. I mean, I knew I had people around me who were like, this thing's worth millions of dollars. And like, I knew that, but I, I was still committed to my one goal, which was to become a professional author. Like once I got to that point and while I was writing willpower doesn't work, then I was like, I learned other methods. But I think that, I think that people try too many things all at once. Like motivation requires focus, right? And like, if you have too many goals at once, that's the definition of not having focus. And so, you know, I, I needed to get to my, my, my goalpost, which was getting the book deal before I wanted to start learning all the other things. Um, and I knew that those other things would be valuable. I mean, I had great people in my circle who could tell me, Ben, you guys, and I actually tried launching courses before. I mean, I think I made like a hundred grand over a few years in that process, but I wasn't, but I had a couple hundred thousand email lists, which could make millions. And I was not doing that. And I didn't know how to do that, but I just knew that I wasn't ready to choose that yet because I was still very committed to my one goal. And then once mm-hmm. I got there, I could figure out the other things. And I think for a lot of people, they, they don't get to that place they want to go before they start spreading too many different directions. And then I don't know if they ever actually get to that one place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that is, that is so true. Cause there's so many, there's, there's so many so things many to learn, right? There's yeah. so many bells and whistles in this online world. It's so true. It's so true. So what are, what are some marketing strategies that you're using currently in your business with, 
your list or with your books or your courses? Like what, what are some things that you're working on right now? Yeah. So like right now, main focus is personalities and permanent. I actually have a separate book coming out in October with Dan Sullivan. That's totally a separate conversation, but like this book is actually going to be a huge marketing tool. So like if you've heard of James Clear, James Clear is a writer. He's written about habits. He's, he, he kind of had a similar journey of mine, but a few years earlier. So, um, when he got his book deal for what became Atomic Habits, I think he got a $700,000 book deal for that book back in 2014. Launched it in 2018. It's since sold almost 2 million copies. And so his email list went from 400,000 to 800,000 in the last two years. And it hasn't been through blogging. It's actually been through his book. His book drove people to his website. They opted in and then it took them to a funnel where he sold them multiple courses. And so he's actually made tens of millions of dollars in the last few years. Um, and so I want my book to be kind of the front end of the funnel, which obviously takes people to my website. I'll give away free resources and then they'll be offered an amazing webinar or, an, you know, various things where I can, um, you know, sell them AMP, which is my course. I'm actually going to be making about $147 course. That's actually the next goal because AMP is about a thousand dollar product. So I'm actually going to be making a $147 product. That's a little bit more easy, mind blowing webinar. So give away free stuff, take them to a, an immediate webinar, blow their minds with the best content you can give and get them into the most, you know, great experience. Get them. Well, I like how Dan Sullivan talks about it. You know, your job as a person who's selling something is to get someone intellectually excited about and emotionally committed towards a specific future. You mm -hmm. know, so like, that's what you're selling is you're selling someone's future to them. But uh, so the book is going to become a huge thing. That's going to bring people the top of the funnel, I guess you could say. And so in order to get the book out there, going to probably do about 500 or 600 podcasts this year. Um, I obviously am working with a publicist and stuff with the publisher, trying to get articles all over the place, um, getting back into medium. Cause now with medium, I can get back to getting a, at least probably 10 to 20,000 new emails a month again, um, starting ASAP. Um, so medium will have people coming in tons of, tons of podcasts, tons of new articles, and also jumping into the ads world, you know, actually, with people like you, like actually getting good with ads and driving people either to the book or to some separate funnel. I'm also big on not selling too many things like books, one thing, maybe one course or another. I don't have a thousand other offers because I, I want to be focused in my funnels. You know, I want to be, I don't want to, to be too diverse. I want just like, this is what I sell. <laughs> like it's, it's that simple because that allows simplicity for me. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's awesome. I'm so excited for everything that you have going on. And the, and then the vision that you see that, I mean, cause a lot of people, I think the route that you're taking, it would be like, Oh, that just sounds so long and so hard, but like, it's a very clear, um, strategy that you've chosen and you're committed to it. And you're like willing to put in the work to make, to make it happen. So I just, I think that's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I like, I like the, I like the quote, the bigger, the future, the better the present. Cause it's like, that doesn't mean it's an easier present. <laughs> Actually, it means it's probably a harder present. But, um, you know, when you're committed to a future self, that gives you purpose and meaning in the present. And it gives you a process to then go and do deliberate practice to. And so to me, it's, I'm going to spend these 24 hours no matter what, right? You only have, you have 24 hours of time and attention every day. And so I could give that time and attention to something else, or I can just give it to my future self. And yeah, it takes time. 600 podcasts is 600 podcasts, uh, writing a hundred, couple hundred articles, couple hundred articles, like, but 
you're going to use those 24 hours and you're going to use up that attention no matter what, you know, in a year or two years, I'm going to be two years older. Like, and so I might as well let my future self dictate the process of what I go through over these next two years. Cause yes, it takes time, but you're going to use that time anyways. <laughs> so it's like, why not use that time and focused transformational direction? Like, so that, I think that that's just, we're going to use the time. Um, we are going to work. You're going to probably work 30, 40, 50, 60 hours a week anyway. So why don't, why don't you just use all of that 30 to 40, 60 hours towards your future self um, going in a single direction? Because you're and, and, you know, people are going to do as much work as I'm going to do in the next two years anyways. I'm just doing all that work in a single direction. I love that. So such a good reminder. All right, Ben. Well, I always end, I always end my interviews with this one question. And um, the question is, what has been the biggest internal transformation you've experienced on this journey of yours like on the whole journey yeah you could you can pick you can pick a slice of it um, if it's like oh, i can't narrow it down <laughs> yeah 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 i mean you know i'm a definitely a person of faith you know big believer in god and so i think that all of the biggest internal shifts for me are in that world you know big believer in christ um and so for me it's always just being humbled learning about the gospel um you know, I love self-improvement, love psychology, love business. Um, but the biggest shifts for me are always related to God and just being humbled and, uh, you know, just excited about my future self, excited about what's possible, excited about faith and agency and excited about learning. And um, so I think that's, that's the big one is just, you know, my relationship with God. Like that's, that's the biggest thing that just is ever presently deepening and developing. I love that. Oh, so great. All right, Ben. So how can people follow, follow your journey? Where can they find you on the socials? Mostly I would just invite people to go to benjaminhardy.com. You know, you can click on the social media buttons on my website, but benjaminhardy.com is where you can access all of the articles that have been read so many times. Um, but also you can find out more about personalities and permanent. You can get access to these free courses. Um, that's kind of the place to go is benjaminhardy.com. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll definitely put that link there. Ben, it has been a pleasure having you on the Marketing Matrix today. Thanks so much for sharing your story and sharing about uh, personality and identity and future self. It is just, my mind is exploding all over the place. I love it so much. So again, thank you so much for being on the show and dropping your value and your spirit. It's just been great having you. You're having amazing, you Lissy. I love you. Thank you for tuning into the Marketing Matrix podcast. On the next episode, you get to hear from me. I'm super stoked for this episode, guys. We just finished our six-part series and I wanted to take time to do an episode that gives an overview of the entire process. So click over and take a listen. And while I've got you, I wanted to remind you about the Marketing Matrix Toolbox. This is a resource of tons of free marketing tools to make your marketing journey easier. And guess what? New content is added each week as we release episodes to the podcast. So check it out and register for instant access at toolbox.themarketingmatrixpodcast.com. And if you want to be involved in conversations surrounding marketing, especially around Facebook ads, feel free to join my free Facebook group. It is called Facebook Ads for Coaches, Course Creators, and Lifestyle Brands. And you can join it for free at www.facebook.com slash groups slash FBAdNinjas. And those links will be in the episode notes as well. But we would love to see you guys in that group. Okay, guys, that's it for now. See you next time on... The Marketing Matrix.